Welcome then to Atlanta Zone, a sports podcast about Atlanta sports. If you recognize that song, you know what the hell you're getting into here. This is a show where we discuss nothing but Atlanta sports. I'm one of your hosts, Graham Waldrop, lifelong Atlanta sports fan. Suffered for a long time for however old I am, 26 years. And uh, with me is young Adam Kalau, lifelong friend, also a fellow Atlanta sports fan across all things, Braves, Falcons, and Hawks. We've seen a lot of terrible times together watching Atlanta sports, but yet here we are. One of the reasons we love Atlanta sports is the, uh, the camaraderie it brings to us. I, mean, I grew up, my parents showed me, forced me pretty much to watch Braves baseball in the 90s every day. So it was sort of a rite of passage for me. I think it's safe to say we both started with the Braves yep. and kind of grew from there. Yep. Uh, I picked up the Hawks, watching the Hawks on packs back, oh, yeah. in, uh, back in the late 90s, that, yeah. early 2000s. The year we drafted Josh Smith was the first year I got in on that, and uh, Graham slowly warmed to them as well. Yep. And now we watch all those games. Yep. And, uh, you know, we even have the Atlanta United now that we're trying to get into. Yeah, which is pretty exciting to yeah. watch the game. They, yep. uh, they fit in perfectly with Atlanta sports choking in the 75th minute and uh, giving up the uh, 1-0 lead. Yep, yep, yep. I've seen that many times. Yeah, they're, they're going to fit in nice. So that's our, uh, our bullshit professional introduction. <laughs> um, you probably uh, turned this shit off already, if there's anyone out there. Yep, and we wouldn't blame you if you did. little fun topic real quick as an aside is that we know Alec Kahn. The, uh, the can, goalie actually can sorry we can. don't really know him that yeah. well because we don't know his name had but. Spanish class with him uh, he's obviously gone on to do much better things than either one of us yes indeed um, but I think he would remember our name if he saw us perhaps so, so maybe he'll take a listen one day so that's pretty cool so we're gonna pick up with Atlanta sports news here this could be anything related to the Falcons the Hawks or the Braves and once again we'll get to Atlanta United at some point if this ever takes off um, so we'll start with Eric Weems who we lost in free agency, uh, kick returner, special teams guy. He's been on the Falcons off and on for eight years, had a couple, had a stint. Um, Chicago. Where's it, Tampa? I can't remember. He was on the Bears. He was on the Bears, okay. Yeah, yeah so former pro bowler. Um, now he's going up there in age, sort of just catches the ball, runs for five yards, and gets tackled. Yeah, I don't think he's ever, like, scored a touchdown. I don't think he has either. Um, but – and he also likes to make questionable fair catch calls within the five-yard line. Yeah, he's no Alan Rossum, is what we're saying. Oh, man, Alan Rossum. But he didn't lose you many games, so. No, that's but, a, uh, you know, good special teams player, so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also lost Oliver Robinson to San Francisco. The, uh, is he our fourth receiver? He was our fourth receiver last year. 22 catches. You know, solid. Had a couple of drops here and there, but, you know. Replaceable. Replaceable. Goes to um, San Francisco with our good friend Kyle Shanahan, who doesn't like to run the ball. Uh, when you're at the 22-yard line in the Super Bowl, you're up by four. Too soon. Yeah, maybe so. Uh, we also cut Tyson Jackson. Um, Surprising that Tyson Jackson was still on the team. A little indeed. known fact. He had one sack. You know when his one sack came? Super Bowl? It was in the playoffs. I can't remember if it was in the Super Bowl or not. Yeah. I think it was the NFC title game. I think he might have sacked Aaron Rodgers. I, 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 do, I do remember that happening and also being surprised that Tyson Jackson was still on the team. Yes, me too. I was like, oh, damn, he's still playing? Yep. Um, so he's gone. So that's chief, I believe. Yeah. So the good thing is the Falcons cut him before June 22nd. There's some rule if you cut before June 22nd where you can split the dead money. So we'll, we'll burn a million and a half dollars this year and then burn a million and a half dollars next year or something like that. So saves a little cap space for, uh, for this year. So for Mr. Blank, right for Mr. Blank. And so, uh, so Tyson Jackson was more just a warm body at this point. Uh, I think Pioli was key in bringing him over cause he was drafted, um, during his time in Kansas City, so he thought maybe he could do something here, but it didn't really, didn't really pan out. That'd be so. Scott Pioli for you new listeners. Yep, our assistant general manager. 
Um, we also um, brought back Levine Toilolo, or Levine Toilolo. Interesting. Yeah. Definitely had a better season than he's had in a while, especially uh, in the blocking department, since he did a solid job blocking. Made a couple of big catches during the season, so if nothing else, just a good depth move. Tammy's definitely gone, isn't he? Tammy's probably gone. I haven't heard much about um, where he could be going. I know he's injured. Probably San Francisco. He'll probably go to San Francisco, the, the bastard Kyle Shanahan. Yep. So, um, Warlow is gone. Paul Warlow is um, picked up by the Lions. Solid little linebacker for us back a couple of years ago when we sucked. Yeah, when he was our starting middle linebacker. Yeah. Undrafted free agent. Yeah, it was sad. Yeah. Um, Smitty's last year, I believe. It was one of Smitty's last. I think he was there for two of the last Smitty years. Yep. Um, but solid player, a lot of heart. You know, definitely busted his ass. It was just, you know, sort of a thing where he just reached a, reached a wall. Maybe he can still get a little better. He definitely contributed a lot, but, you know. You don't pay a guy like Paul Warlow. You can draft a guy like Paul Warlow or pick another Paul Warlow up. So no, no sleep loss there. Um, we were signed Courtney Upshaw, which I'm totally fine with as a depth move. Um, definitely played a, a solid role in, uh, after Claiborne went down and um, got a sack in the Super Bowl. Seems like, it seems like they're going to have a lot of those uh, DNs where you just rotate in. I'd love to get mm-hmm. another stud to go. Alongside Vic, but yeah, and the cool thing is, is, I think you can swap these some of these guys in between defensive tackle and defensive end. So, um, I know Upshaw did a little bit of that this year, so yeah. that'll be good. Um, we resigned Bleedy Ray Wilson, cornerback. Who, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we we resigned we we signed him uh during the middle of the season, practice squad guy. No, he actually he played in one game, I think, this year. That's huh. what I read. Interesting. Um, so definitely a cornerback depth move, uh, which is which is not bad. So probably a special teamer at the end of the day. Um, if I saw him on the street, I wouldn't know him. Put it that way. Yep. Um, what was his name? Booty. Bleedy. Bleedy. B l i d i Ray W r e h and then Wilson like Wilson from uh, Castaway. Pretty standard name, really. Indeed. Um, signed uh, Jack Crawford. Defensive tackle from the uh, the Cowboys. Dallas guy, huh? Dallas guy in a three-year deal. Tell me about Jack Crawford. What do you know about him? Well, it seems like more of a depth move again. Oh, yeah? Uh, defensive end, again. He's seven and a half sacks over the last couple seasons. Um, pretty, pretty friendly deal. So three years, $10 million. If we're for brilliant mathematicians, that's, a li- that's about a little over maybe $3 million a year. Which um, isn't a lot of money nowadays. No, not at all. So, I mean, I think this is a guy that can come in and hopefully help out um, in the pass rushing department and uh, spell Vic Beasley at times, maybe work with him on the other side as a DE. So, um, I'm fine with it. I know some people weren't thrilled with the move because everyone's expecting a splash, but I think this is one of those things where we have to remember that there, there weren't a lot of holes for the Falcons. I mean, we still need to get better as a pass rushing team, but depth never hurts. No. Um, especially when injuries come up. You never know when Vic Beasley's going to fuck up his labrum again or something like that. And we have been building through the draft. Mm-hmm. Uh, big big, big uh, free agent signings, these deals a lot of times don't work out. Anyway, right. So. Yeah, like I wouldn't be surprised if Deshaun Jackson like shatters his testicle in week three yeah. or something, you know. Um, you don't Tampa see Bill Bay. Belichick making splashy free agent moves. He's right. Stockpiles draft picks. Right. There for 15 years in a row. Mm-hmm. This is kind of the, the, the time when uh, – I can't remember. I was listening to the radio this week, and someone said something along the lines of, "You know, no one remembers this week of free agency when all these big moves are made. Usually, right? They're usually busts." And, right. Um, so, 
I applaud TD for taking uh, Thomas Dimitrov for, for taking the route of um, who I'd like to point out Graham wanted to fire no, many a time over many the years. a time I mean I think he's gotten his shit together certainly in the last couple of drafts have been really good especially last year um, so but yeah I wasn't a big fan and that might have been more to do with Smitty I don't yeah. know you know we're not in the front office obviously we're just a couple of white guys in Atlanta but <laughs> <laughs> sitting on a futon sitting on a futon having a couple of drinks but uh yeah, no, I mean, I think, I don't know if it was Pioli, I don't know if it's been DQ, I don't know if it's a combination of everything, but the front office has definitely done a hell of a job over the last couple of seasons, especially. So, uh, I think, you know, Jack Crawford is a, uh, hopefully a good addition, and uh, get us a few sacks per year, and, um, you know, hopefully he's a solid guy. Let me ask you a question, Graham. Yeah. What are your thoughts on, this might be in your notes, I apologize if I'm skipping ahead. Yeah, you should have read the, uh, the pre-show notes, maybe. <laughs> You drunk bastard. <laughs> what are your uh, thoughts on bringing back Shabby? Two years, oh, nine that's million. Next on my list. That's, that's a lot of money for backup quarterback. Yeah, so there is some controversy this week um, on various sites <laughs> and on the radio. You know, with, uh, with a lot of what, guys. Six eighty, the fan, ninety two nine, the game. Yeah, it's alcoholic. Yeah, sure. Yeah, um, a lot of guys saying, you know, well, hell, wouldn't that have been good? Uh, yeah, that, shouldn't we have spent that money to bring back Demarco at fullback? So that, yeah. was, a, that was a point of contention. Yeah. And it's definitely arguable. I mean, DeMarco is a hell of a blocker. He's definitely the best fullback in the NFL, in my opinion. Um, didn't you know? Didn't have a lot of receptions this year, but you know he's a guy that can catch the ball. More importantly, cleared a lot of lanes for Tevin Coleman and Devonta Freeman. So definitely miss him. But at the same time, you want a decent backup, and Shab is a decent backup, and he knows this West Coast style offense. So it's it's tough. It's tough in terms of what you want to do. But I think you can survive more without a fullback at the end of the day yeah. than you can without a decent backup. I'm not sure where you would go for finding a good backup quarterback. So it's it's a little bit of a toss-up. But that does seem like a lot of money to be given a guy who hopefully is not going to play a single down unless we're up big um, or we're getting blown out, which hopefully doesn't happen tomorrow. But we've all seen what happens when you don't have a reasonable backup quarterback. Just going back to 2000, when Mike Vick break his uh, leg, 2003 or four or something like that. We had uh, Doug Johnson. I Doug think. Johnson. Won that first game against Dallas, and then we just sort of – Kurt Kittner. <laughs> yeah, and then Mike Vick uh, killed a bunch of dogs like the the bastard he was. Joey Harrington coming Joey in. Joey Harrington. Joey tried. He sucked. That. Byron, Byron Leftwich. Leftwich. Just a miserable year. Yeah, so, it was bad. Shabby could keep us alive. Uh, worst case scenario. Yeah, that's that's the hope. So keep in mind, we also traded Matt Shaw right before Mike Vick broke his leg, and. Uh, could have really been. I thought we traded Matt Schaub for the dogfighting incident. Yeah, before. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Dogfighting. We, I think we drafted Schaub in 05, I want to say. And then he goes on to be a pro bowler. Yeah, with Houston. Yeah, and we wouldn't have Matt Ryan. Season. A lot of ends, a lot of Yeah, outs. I'd rather have Matt Ryan than Schaub. Yeah. Put it that way. Um, Anywho. Yeah, but so, that, yeah, so that brings us to DeMarco. He goes to Buffalo on something like a four-year deal. Um, so that's sad. And it's funny that Buffalo also signed Mike Tolbert, former Panther. Oh, shit. So they kind of have uh, taken over the – you know, they monopolized the yeah, fullback position. I was kind of <laughs> hoping we could bring Tolbert in if uh, DeMarco didn't work out. but Right. And then other fullback like uh, Kyle Juszczyk. Deuce, Deuce Who? Um, he's a Ravens fullback. Oh. Another burly, Ugh. big white guy, Mike Allstott type. I think he went to San Francisco mm. with our boy Shanahan. So, not really – don't really know what we're going to do to replace uh, Pat DeMarco. But Draft. Yes. Can definitely, there's probably someone in the draft that we don't know about. I haven't um, done our homework there, but no, we haven't. Um, I, I would guess that's going to happen. Yeah, 
So uh, also re-signed Beloy Reynolds, who's a special teamer, linebacker guy. Um, don't have much to say about that. He's a guy. He's a guy, you know, another warm body. But in terms of, you know, linebacker depth, depending on who we, you know, we don't know if Spoon's coming back. Um, so he could. He's worth bringing back, I would think. Oh, Spoon, yeah. Yeah. So don't know anything about that. He's having that. a good little year until he got hurt. Yeah, he did. And, Although um, he's getting hurt every year, so. Yeah, he only plays like two and a half games per year, it seems like. Yep. Uh, last four seasons. But, um. Still, Roy Reynolds is another depth guy. Um, and the big news, uh, at least for longtime Falcons fans to me, is uh, the loss of Babineau, Jonathan Babineau. It was the last player of the Rich McKay era who Rich McKay drafted. Um, so that's sad. Defensive tackle, hell of a guy. Always got seemingly four or five and a half sacks a year. Yeah. Good run stopper. Falcon for life. I don't know if he's going to retire or if he's going to look to try and sign elsewhere, but it sounds like we're moving ahead moving forward with guys like um, you know Grady Jarrett and who's going to be a stud who's going to be a stud that Super Bowl maybe. Clemson guy just keep drafting Clemson defensive yeah. linemen Adam went to Clemson by the way yep, so. yep. I support that yeah but I uh, always like the way Babineau played I always like that we kept bringing him back seemingly on like one year deals every year yep. and he always played really well I mean I think this year was one of his more down seasons I think he only had a sack or a sack and a half but I know he had a sack in the postseason as well and as I mentioned good run stopper good Falcon I uh, definitely miss him a lot. Yep. So, uh, that sort of covers all our Falcons free agency news. Um, but uh, anything that stands out to you, Adam, in free agency in terms of um, what you like, what you don't like? Well, it seems like we don't have a lot of D-tackles now mm-hmm. from, from all those notes you've given me. So yep. do we have any plans there? I think, uh, well, you know, Claiborne will be back, which is good. Oh, so. they, they moved him to D-tackle a lot this yes. season. Yeah, so, uh, I know when he first came in, so he typically at the end. Yeah, so he's – kind of gone back and forth a little bit i think and then um claiborne's there you got grady jarrett um you got hegeman don't, Kama we to, Rashid. don't we have to re-sign him or isn't his deal over i don't i don't know i don't think so no but he showed up at first he was just he was there to block extra points but well, the he, problem he, he picked is, his shit up at the, the end of the year. That was really the last one of the last bad Dimitrov drafts where you take this guy in the second round from yeah, Minnesota. Second round pick, man. Yeah, second round pick, and now he's sort of a glorified special teamer who will play a little bit. Yep. Had the little uh, little trip on Aaron Rodgers in the NFC championship game, which was hilarious. Yep. I couldn't stop laughing <laughs> when I saw that. That was great. But I mean, I, I think, you know, the good news about Hageman is he's young and hopefully he can keep growing and Brian Cox is gone. And I know His looking buddy. back at looking back at hard knocks, yeah, that, that's Brian Cox, old. you know. Uh, worked his ass off and doesn't seem like he responded a lot to the shouting and the cursing of right. the uh, cigar smoking Brian Cox. Um, even though Brian Cox looked like a badass, it sounded yep. like one too. Yep. Um, now it's time to move on from that shit. Yeah, but I think on the defensive the defensive line side, I mean, we finally you know got more than thirty sacks in the season, which was nice. So I think we can definitely keep drafting good DEs or DTs. Um, and, and try to try to fill that out in the draft because I don't really I can't think of off the top of my head any like good defensive ends or defensive tackles that we're gonna have a shot at. Nick yeah. Perry's back with the Packers. Um, Khalil Mack, I think is I don't know if he's a free agent or not, but I think he's staying with Oakland. Um, yeah, we're not getting his ass. Yeah, Peppers, of course. Uh, don't bring in any old at like. Right. Do we bring F- Freeney back? You think? Freeney, that's another. If thing he comes too. cheap, Freeney wants to play another season, so. I think if you make that move, it's going to come in late July, August kind of thing. Probably yeah. August. And I, I say, why not take another chance on him? I think, you know. What do you have, like four sacks? He had four, I think three, but he had one in the post, he had one in the Super Bowl. Yeah. 
And I know he, he got a bunch of pressures. I remember going to the Cardinals game. I was like, that guy is like in on, you know, it seemed like three or four plays yeah. where he was like right in Carson Palmer's grill. He just couldn't quite get there. So, I mean, to me, he's a productive player. I take him over Peppers at this point. I don't know. Peppers is still getting more sacks than him per year. But Peppers is back with the Panthers anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Oh, he resigned? Yeah, Peppers is just going to be our old nemesis again. He's coming back to, uh, to Carolina. Mm. Um. But I think that uh, I think you bring. I would like to bring Freeney back on another one-year deal, because I think once again he he helped out Vic Beasley. Yeah, he's a good veteran presence. He's won a Super Bowl. You know, he can, can especially if we keep drafting Bs and DTs. You know, getting them under, letting them experience Dwight Freeney and his and his knowledge that he brings to the table, and his technique that spin move. You know, if he can just keep teaching people that and still being you know semi productive. He needs to be more than a player. More than just a coach, though. He needs to continue. Yes, he needs to continue to play. If we're going to spend that money on him. Agreed. But there's not really anyone else to spend the money on, so. Yeah, I'm fine with. Take a chance. Yeah, I'm fine with bringing back Take a chance on Dwight. Yeah, so I hope he comes back. Um, Nothing splashy yet, though. No, nothing splashy yet. And there's still a little ways to go with free agency. So So I feel kind of meh. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, enemy news. uh, Panthers get Peppers back. Uh, The Bucks signed Deshaun Jackson to a huge deal. Three years, like. 40 million, 50, I don't know, something crazy. Mm, he doesn't scare me. Um, it does open up the field a little bit for, for Jameis. You had a stat on Jameis earlier this week that was interesting about how Jameis is only completing like 20% of his passes over 30 yards or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I don't think that was me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, yeah, it wasn't you. I was, I was like at work. But anyway, so you're bringing in a guy like Deshaun Jackson to pair up with Mike Evans. That's still, that makes you respect. Carolina's passing game yeah, a little bit. They, you had Vincent Jackson, who was old as shit, yeah. and um, and and Deshaun Jackson isn't a spring chicken, but you know he can still open up the field. Good news is our secondary is, is solid, and now you're getting Trufant back, so hopefully that won't be a big deal. And uh, for the Saints, they traded Brandon Cooks to the Patriots for uh, a couple of picks. Now it looks like they're going to use those picks to probably um, try to shore up their uh, defensive front. I think it's the first and third or second and third round pick, something like that. It's it's. Damn. In the first four rounds, two picks. So um, the Saints are definitely trying to make some moves in terms of getting better on the defensive side, I think. Although they'll probably draft a – I hope they draft a running back in the, the first round. So Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so anything there stand out to you at all there, friend? Uh, you know. You said Deshaun Jackson doesn't scare you, though. He doesn't scare me. Okay. I don't Why? know. He's just a deep threat. Yeah. Our secondary is solid now. I'm not – I mean – Pass rush gets better. The deep front don't matter as yeah. much. Um, Panthers are still the team that are always going to scare me the most, but NFC South seems like it's someone different each year. So Yeah. See what you're – everyone's solid, though. But, yeah, I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Words of wisdom, folks. Words of wisdom. Um, so we're moving on to the Hawks news. So the Hawks, uh, on a little three-game winning streak here, have uh, – Took out Toronto. As soon as you think they're dead. Yeah. Take out uh, the, the Nets in a game that I listened to, and Steve Holman was not like he was about to have a heart attack. Yeah, barely won against the fucking worst team in the league. After the losing streak, playoffs weren't necessarily a given, so it's a big win. Yeah, so that was good. One by five. Really took it to Toronto on Friday night, which was a big win. Um, especially Schroeder scoring 13 of his 26 points in the fourth quarter, looking like a freaking badass out there getting to the hole like no one's business. I mean, the guy can penetrate so hard to the hole. and um, Penetrate it, the hole. I don't know, man. I mean, you, you don't see, like, 
like Teague didn't do that a lot. It seemed like in his time, like I mean, he he was a decent penetrator, but it seems yep. like Schroeder will take the initiative and maybe a little too much to get to the hole for a high percentage. Yeah, he's, uh, he's definitely not scared to have the balls and the <laughs> the ball in his hands. The last. Uh, Two minutes of a game. Yeah, and that was something that you noticed in the postseason last year against um, against Boston and Cleveland a little bit. It's like Schroeder wanted the shot. You can right. tell he wanted the shot right. more so than Teague. Um, so I think you know the big problem with Schroeder right now to me is he's continuing to shoot the ball a little too often, especially the mid range shot um, in the in the in the three pointer. But yep, uh, and he's not passing enough. Even though I know he's averaging six six a little over six assists a game, it's still kind of frustrating. I went to the Knicks game, the Ford for overtime game, and I swear to God, there were so many times when he would just go down the court, not look for any of his teammates, and just pull up for a 20-foot jumper yeah, when he got two guys yeah, that's on bullshit. him. bullshit. And there's still some times when he's driving where there's like three guys in the post or something where they collapse, and he just seems to be locked into the point where he can't adjust. Mm-hmm. You know, games like the one last night against Memphis, which we also won with Dwight resting, and also against Toronto, just reminds you, and Brooklyn, he had 31 points, so I mean... He can definitely be a legitimate star in this league, I think. I think it's going to take a couple more years for yeah. him because this is his first year starting, but I think the future is bright for Dennis Schroeder. Yeah, definitely best chance of a at a superstar that we have on our roster. And franchise committed themselves to him um, by not bringing Teague back, so just needs to get his head on straight. Can't do that bullshit he was doing with Dwight the other day. Did you see that? Yeah, against Golden State. Yeah. Where they're arguing about – Huge game. Yeah, <clears throat> arguing about nothing. You're actually in the ball game against right. the best, arguably the best team in the league, and you're having a pissing contest. <clears throat> and then you look up, and Steph Curry's dropping one of the best the, players in the league, right? Not even guarding him. Yeah, you know the reigning MVP just drops a three on your ass. So apparently and, they uh, had a phone call though. Dwight called Dennis, and yeah. uh, you know, they, well, I heard they Mil- allegedly worked shit out. Yeah. Oh, was it Millsaps? Millsap talked to him in the locker room apparently and got really pissed at him from what some people are saying yeah uh, it's funny steve coonan on the radio this week was saying yeah they had a discussion but I, I, I assume it was a little more than a discussion yeah um, but i think it's good well, that so, Millsap is doing that because i think he I needs paul to be Millsap. the leader yeah and, and apparently and, that's not in his personality though right but i, I love paul Millsap as a silent assassin it doesn't say too much just it's like julio jones not as good as julio jones obviously but right know, he, he shuts the fuck up and plays yeah doesn't whine Takes his lumps and, and busts his ass. Yep. You know, he's he's the lunch pail guy, bringing his lunch pail every day and shoving it up the other team's rectum. So you gotta love Paul Millsap. No, it's actually <laughs> quite appropriate. I mean, he, he's just and, and there's no attitude with Paul. So I think for him to call out Schroeder and try to set an example is good. Mm-hmm. Um, Dwight's always gonna be Dwight. You know, Dwight's gonna bitch about. Yeah, things. he came in saying he was gonna he's turned to another page, gonna be a veteran leader, but. He's been a little better, I'll say that. He hasn't been reported to be a cancer. A lot of a lot of his teammates, you know, yeah. Baysmore and others have said, you know, Dwight's a, a positive influence on everybody. I don't know if they're coming for him or not, but I don't think there's a lot of chemistry issues on this team. I think it's just some guys are underperforming like a Baysmore. Um, you know, you've signed him to a four-year, $70 million deal, and he's, I don't know, he's averaging like nine, ten points a game. Yeah, he's garbage. Yeah. Shoots 33% most games. Yeah. You guys got like. Does he get a lot done? Yeah. Was he like four for 13? Just known for the Bays gaze. Yeah. Four for 13 the other day from the field. It was bad. He only played 19 minutes against uh, either Indiana or Brooklyn, something like that. I mean. It's kind of. I can't remember if we discussed this or not, but around the trade deadline, there was talks about us trading for Carmelo. There was. I'm generally not a Carmelo guy, but I I mean, go to score. They were talking about getting rid of Baysmore in his contract and. 
probably would have had to trade one of the rookies as well to get him. Like Prince or something like that. Yeah. Um, you could have done that, I guess, but it's still probably not going to put you where you need to need to go. No, nah, but we're not going to win anything right now no. with what we have. No, we're not. So, so, so it's worth a shot. Well, I would argue that it's not because you're not going to win anything. Like that move's not going to put you above and beyond. Might put a few more asses in the seats, but other than that. All right. Um, but anyway, so the uh, sort of the forecast for the Hawks in terms of the big games coming up. We got two with Boston, one more with Cleveland, another with Indiana, and then uh, one with Boston, another one with Washington. So these are all teams that are uh, are either ahead or behind you, mostly ahead. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens down the stretch. I, I predict that the Hawks will probably get. I hope the three or the six is kind of what yeah. I want. It'd be good so you avoid Cleveland. You want to avoid the, Cleveland in yeah. the second round because I feel like we Boston can, in the first round that'd be a tough draw. Though. Well, the thing is we match up pretty well against Boston, especially the last time we played them. We went on the road. That was a big win. Yeah, yeah, and took care of business. So I think we match up pretty well against Boston. One I did. Thing, I did love when Dwight pushed Al Horford. Oh, you see that shit? I did see it. I was at the gym. I remember seeing it. It was. Uh, it was a bitch move, but it was a bitch. I move. Like, that's the thing about Dwight. Man. I like seeing the fire though. Yeah, but that's the thing about Dwight is that he just he still has an attitude. It's the thing I don't understand about the players sometimes. It's like a call goes against you, and it's just the end of the fucking world. Right. I don't know why you can't just say okay, shitty call, move on. Like that's the keep that's, in mind we're not professional athletes. We're not, but under, you got understand. guys like Millsap, for example, who Paul Millsap. Yeah, I never, you know, maybe he has complained, and maybe the cameras aren't always on him, but I've rarely seen him complain about fiddly squat. And there's a guy who's a damn good player, not a superstar, but a damn good player who yep. just shows up and does what he needs to do. And mm-hmm. then you got these superstars like Dwight and LeBron. Every little call that goes against them, they just they bitch and bitch and bitch and hold their hands up and make this face like, not me. And it's just, I don't know, it drives me nuts. Anyways. But LeBron wins championships. LeBron does win championships, and he wins the Eastern Conference every fucking year. So. I'm going to get a fresh beer. Um, so that's the uh, the general Hawks update. One thing that was encouraging, real quick, another thing about the Hawks is they've been giving up three pointers at a ridiculously bad clip defensively. Um, so it was nice. I think against Toronto game they held them to four three pointers through the whole game. Damn. Um, I know against Cleveland and Golden State. Was that defense or just missing shots? It was a little bit of both, but I think. The defense was definitely better than it has been in terms of rotation and things like that. So, uh, Torrin Prince is getting a lot more minutes now. That probably yeah, he was the high has scorer. Has a lot to do with it. He's a, he was one of the high scorers in the Memphis yep, game. Seventeen right? points. Yeah, so that's that's definitely a good sign. Yeah, I, li- I like that kid. And um, Tim Hardaway Jr. has just been on fire. I mean, it's yeah, Cleveland, twenty twenty hindsight, that was a pretty good trade. Yeah, in the Cleveland game he scores thirty five points or something like that. The problem is, is like, can you bring a guy like that back? Because now you've sunk all this money into fucking Baysmore. Yeah, exactly. So we'll see what happens there. That's the General Hawks update. So definitely trending up a little bit. Hopefully they can finish strong and get the three, get the three seed and avoid uh, those bastards from Cleveland. Interesting fact that I saw earlier today: mm-hmm. uh, the Hawks have the second longest playoff run at nine straight years. If we do it this year consecutively, yeah. yeah. Guess who's number one? San Antonio. I guess how many years? Like twelve or something. Twenty. No shit. 20 straight years. They've gotten the playoffs. Yep. Wow. So, Bud came from San Antonio, though. Yeah, he needs to give up the GM seat. Yep, yep, definitely. Um, anyways, moving on to the Braves. So, we got um, Ozzy Albies had his first start as a Brave in spring training this Woo. year. 
that was exciting. He went one for two with a run scored in a single. Um, lots of hype around Ozzy. One of definitely one of our best prospects. Hopefully going to make a fantastic battery with uh, Dansby Swanson. No rush to get him up here though with Brandon Phillips. Yeah, that was a smart move, especially when I mean Capoello is just a fucking wizard. Yeah. With his ability to make moves like this, he makes the Reds pay. I think twelve of the thirteen million dollars he said. So we got Brandon Phillips for a year. Yeah, why do they do that? Because he's a wizard. Yeah. Capoello is a fucking wizard. Knows. Yeah. Um, only gave we gave up two prospects I've never heard of yep. or have very little knowledge. Yeah, one of. was like a twenty-eight year old. Yeah. And not. For and Brandon Phillips obviously isn't what he, he, he was. wanted out. The Red, the Reds want to get Jose Peraza in. Yeah, our old prospect. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, so we got Brandon Phillips for a year. I say let Albies develop unless he just tears it up in the minors and sitting like 400 or something. There's no reason. Find to, a place for him. Yeah, there's no reason to uh, to rush him. So it was yeah. it was good to see him get on the field this week. Um, Swanson, Dansby Swanson is a little banged up. Apparently has some back issues, but he says it's nothing to worry about, um, which is good. I, I can't wait to see a full season from that guy. I was yeah. really impressed by the way he carried himself. He had over 300 when he was called up. I remember this one play against Arizona. It was his former team. He made this Andrelton Simmons-like play where he just slid to the the left into the hole and, and shortstop and popped to his feet and threw the ball. It was like he d- didn't even move his arm. It was just unbelievable. That was, you said that was at Arizona? That was at Arizona. Yeah, I'm sure they loved that. Yeah, the guy's fucking range, man, yeah. is just out of this world and solid hitter. I mean, and, and he was the number one overall pick. So a lot of excitement there. Um, and the Shelby Miller deal. I mean, that's one of those things. That doesn't happen to us. No. Trades Usually like that. where That's the shit we look back on and like it reminded just me, bitch about the Mark Teixeira trade. Exactly. I was about to say that. It reminds me of the Mark Teixeira trade. We also got Aaron Blair. But we're on the good end of yeah. it. Yeah. Aaron Blair is projects to hopefully be a stud prospect, even though he, even though he uh, stumbled last year, yeah. this time in the majors. And you got Enciarte, who was a great defender, really solid leadoff guy. I'd say Enciarte for Shelby Miller straight up would have been – like a decent trade, yeah, no doubt. Yeah, but I mean, we we really hosed uh, the Diamondbacks, so thank you, Dave Stewart, who's um, fired, and your time and unemployment right yep. now. Um, we appreciate that, bro. We do. Uh, Max Freed and uh, Sean Newcomb are doing well. The some of the elite pitching prospects pitching a couple innings, getting some strikeouts, not giving up a lot of runs. So that's definitely encouraging. I think I really uh, I think those guys have another year or so before they're going to get up here, but. And once again, there's never going to rush them now that we signed uh, yep. Bartolo, Bartolo, R.A., yeah. and Jaime Garcia. Yeah. So all these young studs battling for one spot in the rotation. Yeah. So what do you think about those moves in terms of bringing these veteran guys in? No, I love it. I mean, our starting pitching was just terrible last year mm-hmm. down the stretch and went over 500 despite it. So bringing in some innings eaters like that while the young guys get ready. Yeah, I think it's what you're looking for. And then we'll do, I'm sure we'll just trade – Two to three of them. Yeah, or if, just let them. Play if we're out. not, in, I mean, if we're in contention, hold on to them. But yeah, otherwise, just swap them and get yeah. some more fucking draft picks in here. And yeah, let them play out their deals. But I think I think it'll be a, be a good Brave season. I think it'll be one of the better Brave seasons in, in recent memory. Um, definitely got a lot of momentum last year. Moving up to Cobb County. Yep, Cobb County, SunTrust Park. I'm still gonna miss Turner Field a lot. Bought my first tickets. Oh, did you? Yeah, we're going uh, May 17th. It's a Wednesday. Word. So you know, get get a month to figure out what the traffic's gonna be like. Yeah, it's gonna be terrible. Yeah, no no Marta going out there, which is bullshit. Well, there's no Marta going to Turner Field either, unless the ah, close enough. Count. You can you go to Georgia State. You can walk there, I guess. Um, uh, for 
our plan for uh, opening day. Mm-hmm. Which, oh yeah, it's just great. Graham and I are both in town guys, ITP, mm-hmm. um, real elitist assholes. Um, <laughs> so we we oppose the Cobb County Stadium. Uh, so our plan is to go to the Blue Lot for opening day and tailgate and watch the game out there. We're probably going to get really drunk and do something belligerent, and Georgia State's going to Yeah, I'm, I'm guessing Georgia State, as soon as we pull in, is going to tell us to get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> private property, what the hell are you doing? The Braves don't play here. They won't um, even mention the Braves. They'll just say, go Panthers, and tell us to fuck ourselves. <laughs> yeah. But um, that's our plan. If that doesn't work, we'll probably just hang out somewhere, watch the game, and get right, drunk. Right, right, there you go. Right. Yep. Um, but yeah, no, I think this could be an interesting season for the Braves. Um, I think it's definitely going to be a step forward. I think we're going to win 80 games i hope i think we'll be around a 500 ball club and i mean the top six guys in the lineup you got ncrt swanson freddie kemp markakis and phillips and that's a solid yep. top six lineup I adonis mean, can hit yeah i mean if adonis he, is, he's a wild yeah. card uh flowers or suzuki at catcher that's an improvement from last year yeah i mean I th- old ass aj pierzynski thank god we don't have to yeah. see him anymore and a lot of – I know Freddie Freeman has been saying a lot, like, you know, keep underestimating us. And, you know, he had an MVP caliber season last yep. year on a shitty, shitty baseball team for most of the season yep. until really they turned it on that last month and a half or so. Didn't so, the fucking Nationals sign someone, like, They got Adam Eaton from uh, the White Sox. Is that it? I thought they got, like, a cute Maybe they got someone pitching. else. Yeah, we haven't done our homework on that No, one. we haven't done our homework <laughs> on that one. But um, the Nationals will certainly be a threat. Um, but they lose they the first round of the playoffs yeah. like we do. Love it. Yeah, it's pretty great. So a few more weeks before uh, spring training ends, and then yeah. we've got our exhibition game against the Yankees on the 31st, so that'll be fun. And then heading into April, we'll start of the season, so baseball's right around the corner to take away those. The f- exhibition's at SunTrust Park? The exhibition's at SunTrust That's Park. That's how Turner Field opened up as well, exhibition against the against, Yankees. Yep. It's on YouTube if you want to watch it, the full game, <laughs> TBS intro and everything. Yep, it's pretty great. Um, so th- that's our general update for our, our three core sports teams. And once, and as I said, you know, if we keep doing this, which I hope we do, we'll start getting into Atlanta United stuff. But we really gotta actually don't have the knowledge. We don't have the knowledge. Not that we have a lot of knowledge in general, but especially against about soccer, we we know jack shit. So yeah. we really gotta work on that. So hopefully that'll be coming. Um, so now we're gonna move on to our topic of the week, which. Is interesting, uh, you know, as as you know, if you're listening to this, Atlanta doesn't have the best reputation as a pro sports town, so I'm sure three people will listen to this podcast, if that. But uh, I'm just kidding. Anyways, <laughs> uh, yeah, we don't have the greatest reputation in the world. And one of the things that I've seen over the years that really pissed me off is going to games against, you know, really big market teams. Red Sox, yeah, New Yankees. York, you know, Chicago, things like that. Any team LeBron's playing on. Yeah, and, and, you know, in the stadium being kind of half and half or maybe even tipping a little more to the uh, visitor scale. And uh, this happened again when I went to uh, the Knicks game against the Hawks the week before the Super Bowl. And there are a hell of a lot of Knicks fans there. Which, why, I don't get They They haven't won shit. Yeah. Like, apparently they have the best re- arena in the world. Madison, Madison Square, Square Garden, Garden. The world's greatest arena. I wasn't impressed. <laughs> yeah, we went in 07 to see the Hawks play, uh, or actually 08 to see the Hawks play the Knicks. And every time... Al Horford's rookie year, I believe. Yeah, I think you're right. And yep. every time they uh, there's a commercial or something, or a break, they'd be like, you're right, Madison Square Garden, the world's most famous indoor arena. Famous is, famous makes sense. There's been a lot of a lot of shit happening at Madison Square Garden, from boxing to hockey. Nah, that's fair. Football, what have you. 
But um, but anyways, the point of this is that once again, there's a lot of fans in the seats that weren't you know cheering for the home squad. Oh sure. And Adam knew one of those fans that was there, so I'll let you. Yeah, so this this kid, uh, I'm in the parking game, um, and this kid is one of our employees, and he's just like the epitome of what amounts to Atlanta, well, sports fans in Atlanta, can't call them Atlanta sports fans, Uh, he's born in Atlanta, raised in Atlanta, Uh, there's no reason that he wouldn't cheer for Atlanta sports, but he was at the same game as Graham cheering for the Knicks, and he said he was doing a little more covertly than the other people that was were at the arena. He said he was kind of doing it quietly, but I asked him, like, no, why the fuck are you a Knicks fan? Like, have you even been to New York? No. I was like, well. Your family from New York? No family. Nothing. And he's like, Carmelo. Like, what is there to like about Carmelo? The guy, like, he won at Syracuse in 2003. Like, yeah, this is probably before Noah was even born. And, like, uh, he's got, I mean, he's a, he just, every single team he's on loses because he just shoots all day, doesn't pass the ball, but Carmelo. So he's cheering for them because of Carmelo. And uh, I know for a fact he's not the only one that does that. Yep. So I was like, so if, Carmelo gets traded next year. Are you cheering for like Memphis? It's like, yep. Which my wife interestingly brought up the fact that she likes the idea of just supporting a person as opposed to. Well, I can understand team. that, especially if you're a family member, or a significant other, or something like that, and your your husband, your your son, your brother, what have you, your uncle, cousin is playing on a team. You're going to be a fan of that player, right? Or if you're a buddy. Or something right. like that. That makes yeah. I give that up. That's fine. I don't get and you know for example like I'm a big I love Al Horford. He's one of my all time favorite Hawks. But I'm not gonna become a fucking Fuck the Celtics. Celtics. Yeah, exactly. No. I'm not gonna become a fucking Celtics fan. Right. Um. You know, when Chris Mellon went to Kansas City. I wasn't a Kansas City. Fan. You follow the guy. Yeah, you pay attention. You know, hope I he still, doesn't do well against. You. I'm still a fan of the player, but when it comes down to my team versus an individual, I'm gonna pick my team. Right. Right. Um. But yeah, so he's a Carmelo fan, and then he's talking about football. He doesn't know anything about football at all, but he's a New York Giants fan, which at least I guess he's staying in the same city. And I was like, no, why are you a Giants fan? Odell. I was like, we have the best wide receiver in the league. Yeah. Julio. Julio is ten times better than Odell. Yeah. Like, if you're going to pick just for player, like, go for Julio. He's like, no, Odell's hair. And so you got people like this who are coming into our stadiums and our arenas, you know, and there's, and that logic dictates their love for said team for some reason. It's, oh, I mean, that's why we got that article written about us from the uh, ESPN. The, yeah, right. the Boston there's guy. There's been so many. Oh, you're talking about that Boston yeah. Globe guy, Shaughnessy. Shaughnessy. What a piss poor piece uh, of journalism. Apparently, that people was. in Boston hate him as well. Yeah, and um, even, I think, I heard he even acknowledged that was a, sh- that was a shit article. <laughs> he didn't do any research at all. Yeah. But, I mean, at the same time, I mean, shit like this happens to us, and it's frustrating because I know there's a lot of True Blue fans out there. We are True Blue fans. I, I listen to the goddamn sports radio every day. Tons of people call in who are True Blue fans. We yeah. have True Blue fans, and it's just... True Blue, isn't that the Thrashers? Probably. <laughs> um, yeah, there's another example, a guy referencing the Thrashers. But it's just, it's frustrating when... We're not showing up to games enough 
and you know, and that in turn, guys like Chicago, you know, Chicago Cubs are showing up. Chicago Cubs fans are showing up, and fucking Knicks fans are showing Best up. Best song in the world, by the way. That's what we need. Oh, go Cubs! Go, go. Cubs! Go! Yes. Nothing beats Tomahawk Chop, sir. Uh, anyways, even though it's offensive go. to some people, but uh, <laughs> that'll, be, yeah, we'll, that'll be a topic for later. Yeah, maybe so. Um, but it, it's still frustrating, man, um, to see that, and I see it year after year when I go to games, and uh, it's just. I don't know. Yeah, don't get me started on LeBron. Fucking Heat fans immediately trading up for Cleveland Cavaliers. Yeah. yeah. Jerseys and mm-hmm. bullshit. It's, uh... I did... A guy at work the other day was saying the Hawks should just, like, start planning for whenever LeBron retires. Yeah. So, like, just trade all assets away now and just stockpile draft picks for, like, the... 2024 draft. <laughs> it's probably going to be that. I mean, we're not going to be able to win shit until that happens. You're probably right. I mean, that's the sad part is in the NBA. You Unless got... LeBron, like, breaks his leg. How's he never broken his leg? He's been in the – I feel like he's never been hurt. He's been playing for about 15 years now. He's never been hurt. Or maybe 13. I think his rookie year was 03, I want to say. Him and Carmelo in that draft class. But um, Dwayne Wade. Dwayne, I think Dwayne Wade was a little before them. No, it was LeBron, was it the same it was LeBron okay. Dwayne, Carmelo, and then okay, uh, that, that shithead that um, the Magic picked, the Darko Milicic. Oh, Darko Milicic. Yeah, I bet they feel like idiots. Picked over Dwayne and Carmelo. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that's just bring- – and I get it, too. We don't have a ton of superstar players in this town, with the exception of a guy we, like we, Julio we, Jones, we Matt Ryan. We did have Kenny Anderson, though. We did have Kenny Anderson for the Hawks. And we had a guy – this is actually a funny aside – went to the Hawks when they played LeBron, I think, in, like, 04. This was pre-Josh Smith. Yeah, the year Josh before Josh Childress. Smith. This is uh, one of the worst seasons in Hawks history, I think. Yeah, we had Al Harrington and um, – Pay Drag Drama Jack. No, what was that um, – the bald guy played for the Celtics? Antoine Walker. I, oh, Twan. Yeah. Shimmy. The it shuffle. might have been the year before Twan, actually. It could have been. Yeah. But anyways – and so, uh, this Kevin, is, Kevin Willis. Kevin Willis. This is a guy, uh, yeah, back for his second stint. This guy next to us just goes, uh, you know, Kenny Anderson scored a layup or something <laughs> when we we're down by like 25 points. 47 year old Kenny Anderson. Yeah. He goes, Kenny Anderson? Who the hell is Kenny Anderson? That's the problem with this team. We ain't got no superstars. And that's the Atlanta mindset. Yep. Is that, uh, yeah, so, it, but when you think about that now, yeah, it sort of speaks volumes to sort of where we're at and, NBA is a star-driven league, and I hope I hope Schroeder can work his way up to that, you know, level maybe one day. I don't know if it's going to happen, but anywho, we get back to uh, the the topic at hand, which is, you know, what can we do to stop these bastards from infiltrating our arenas? Sign a superstar. We have superstars though. We got a Julio Jones. You got a Matt Ryan. You got the MVP of the league. You got well, one people, of the, people have embraced the Falcons. People now. have certainly embraced the Falcons more so than probably the other two teams. I would say. Yeah. Um, you know, I was I was really happy, especially at the Seahawks game. I went to the Seahawks playoff game, and there weren't there were a decent number of Seahawks fans, but I'd say it's like five ten percent Seahawks fans, ninety percent ninety five percent Falcons fans, which I can I can understand really hardcore fans traveling. We yeah, actually yeah. sitting behind a couple of Seahawks fans, like yeah, we flew out. And I'm like, oh yeah, okay, that makes sense. You talk shit to them, of course. Good. Yeah, and we well, it was cordial at the same time. I mean, we asked each other about you know the opposing players and. All this stuff, southern but, hospitality, yeah, shit. right. But it was funny too because we, we had the conversations the whole game. We were kicking their ass. I just turned around, they were gone. They didn't say goodbye. <laughs> I don't blame them. I would have done the same thing. Yeah. One of my worst memories of this bullshit was I was at the 1999 World Series against the Yankees, 
and we were getting our asses kicked because the year they swept us, and they were beating us hard, and I think it was game three, and there was just a let's go Yankees chant that just poured over the en- entire Turner Field, and it was it was the stuff of nightmares. I'll make you sick. Yeah, and were you crying? I was not crying. I cried during the 1996 World Series and Jim Lehrer at the home run when I was there. Graham, just so you know, is so he remembers like every single hour when he was like three years old, <laughs> the 1991 World Series. He acts like he was sitting there drinking a beer, eating a hot dog. Well, anywho, <laughs> I've seen enough VHS recordings of those games to feel like brought the memories there. back. Yeah, but um. Yeah, and that was the first time I was really exposed to that when I was about nine. When I, cause even when we were at the 1996 World Series, I didn't feel like there were a lot of Yankees fans there. I mean, there could have been. I'm sure there was, but where I was, yeah, it was, you know. And I get it, too, in terms of the Braves. I mean, I mean, you know, you go, you win your division every year and you lose the first round of the playoffs. You, you develop a little bit of an apathy as a sports fan because you're kind of like, it's the same shit every year. Yeah. And it's very frustrating. We're very guarded now. Yeah, you still support. I'm not going to get too jacked up. Only to have my heart broken. Right. Like the Super Bowl. Like the Super Bowl. We got too jacked up. We got a little too jacked up. Um, it snuck up on us. But at the same time, we should still go out there and support our teams, you know? And, and I know there are plenty of people that do that. But I really want to stress how important it is, if we want to be taken seriously as a sports town, that we get our asses in the seats. I would More like so to, than we are. I would like to point out that while we're sitting here recording this, I just got a group text from people wanting to get together to watch the Atlanta United game. Oh, that's cool. That's pretty cool, right? That's cool. I think Atlanta United, you know, they sold out this. Yeah, they sold out the first uh, game of the season, sold thirty thousand season tickets. Yeah, which isn't done. In no, soccer. No, and that's that's fantastic. I think it speaks yeah. to the, the diversity that's happening in Atlanta. Where the fuck would um, we be if it weren't for Arthur Blank? That's a damn good question, sir. Yeah, like we wouldn't. He's, have, him and Tony Ressler are really the only human owners of that are in this town. Yeah. And especially Arthur Blank. I mean, Tony Ressler's sale was only a couple of years ago. You had the Atlanta Spirit Group. They were a fucking right. disaster. And we but got Arthur Blank. National Championship coming here because of Arthur Blank. Super yeah. Bowl coming here because of Arthur Blank. Yeah. Soccer team here because of Arthur Blank. Yeah. Resurrected the Falcons. I mean, you think about without Arthur's leadership. Yeah. I mean, after the Falcons lose that Super Bowl in the 98-99 season, who knows what happens. Yeah. I mean, and, and yeah, some some people could point towards shitty ownership as a reason why we're not getting enough fans out there sometimes. I don't know. It's still frustrating, though, because yeah. I'm— Makes you miss Ted Turner, too. Ted Turner was an amazing owner. Yep. And, you know, owned the Hawks, owned the Braves at the same time, put his money where his mouth was, and we won a fucking championship right. because of it. And right. Which we could have won more, but at the same time, we always have that 1995 championship. That's all we have. And it's— It's more than— who doesn't have a championship? Jackson, Jacksonville. Jacksonville has no championship. <laughs> uh, Seattle? Seattle's got the Super Bowl. Oh, fuck. But uh, I think that's their only one. Yeah. Uh, it could be worse. Yeah. We could be Cle- – I don't know. No, can't say can- – Cle- could be Cleveland. Cleveland. Can't say that anymore. Cleveland won the finals, finally. And, and now they got a good fucking baseball team. They're probably going to be bad. They almost went – yeah, they went to the World Series, almost won. Yeah, they got so. LeBron, so we can't say – at least we're not Cleveland. Yeah. We're not the Browns. We're anymore. not the Browns. No one's the fucking Browns. The Browns will never be shit. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I hope that we can continue to try and get more people in the seats um, when these big market teams come in especially because I'm tired of getting my stadiums taken over. So, Speaking of seats, did you hear how much they're selling these Georgia Dome seats for? Georgia Dome? You mean Mercedes-Benz? No, like the oh, actual they're actually seats selling Georgia Dome seats. From the Georgia Dome, yeah. No shit. Well, how I, much is it going for? Like $5,000 a piece. That's ridiculous. Yeah. 
There's yep. like a slight discount if you're a season ticket holder. They're like your actual seats. Wow. But it's it's crazy. That's ridiculous. Yeah. It's all going to fund our stadium that the taxpayers are playing for. Playing for? Playing for, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, this is something Chuck and Chertoff discuss. You could look at it as Atlanta being shitty fans or we're just smart fans. Like, we're not going to support a shitty product. Like, if you're out there losing games. That's true. I which mean, I think is fair. Like, yeah, I mean, I mean to me. Things are expensive. Like, the Braves tickets are only going to be more expensive now because there's, what, 12,000 less tickets to buy right. in the new stadium. Right. And traveling so, to Cobb County can be a pain in the ass. If you put a shitty people. product out there, why should you support it? Right. And, and that's a f- can be a fair point in, in the We're sense We're still going to follow it. Yeah. But maybe not with my money. Right. And I can understand that, too. Um, I just think especially when you've got a good team, right? Like, you, like let's say we play the Celtics this year in the postseason. I don't want to see a bunch of fucking Celtics fans in Phillips Arena. No. I mean, it, it – Playoff games it, will usually show up for – Yeah. You know? it, yeah, I'll make, like, second round. <laughs> yeah. And the, and, the, and the big regular seasons game – Yeah. Regular season games sometimes. But it's just – it's still – it still pisses me off when I go to Phillips Arena this year, and it's like I know the Hawks aren't going to win a fucking title, and I get like the NBA inspires apathy among Atlanta fans sometimes because only two teams can win it. It's either Golden State or Cleveland or maybe San Antonio, but um, it's still fucking frustrating when you got all these goddamn Knicks yeah. fans. In the I, every year I'm like, maybe we can make a run. Like miracles happen. Yeah, like a couple of years ago, the Hawks, no one thought we were going to be the, the number one. Yeah, but I get. I mean, with a seven game, I guess that's the thing with a seven game series. There's less. Like, the better team usually comes out on top, you know, versus, like, true fucking wild card game true. where any team can win. Yeah. Wild card, don't get me started on that shit. But at the same time, you bring a good point up about if you got a shitty product, you know, maybe you'll follow the shitty product or the mediocre product, but you won't spend money on the yeah. mediocre product. I mean, like, leading up to the Super Bowl, though, like, you see, like, all the street vendors pop up, oh, like, yeah. throughout the week selling Falcon shit. Shit, I spent $300 on street vendor Super Bowl gear. <laughs> good Lord. Yeah. Yeah, I was pumped, man. It's the greatest Falcons team in my life, in anyone's lives. Did you hear, uh, I can't remember who I was talking to yesterday, but some, like, big Falcons fan, and, uh, oh, this was Smoke. Smoke's friend, Smoke is one of my buddies, anyways. So, <laughs> one of his friends, like, a huge Falcons fan from Atlanta, and I guess he, like, ordered, like, a $250 Julio Jones jersey online, but it was on Word. back order. Mm-hmm. So it didn't show up till two get two days after the Super Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. It was just salt in the wound. That's what happened to me too. I ordered a bunch of uh, NFC title gear late in the week for the Super Bowl for some reason. Yeah. And it was like two days after the Super Bowl, I get my NFC championship I go, hat. Fuck you. I get my NFC championship hat. I get my, I get my <laughs> NFC championship shirt. I immediately just placed them in the dirty clothes. I placed the shirts in the dirty clothes to be washed. And, uh, I, and I got a Julio Jones shirt too. And I also placed that. Yeah, in the, eventually, uh, eventually you'll want to look at them. But yeah. And I've worn them since then. I've, I've kind of like been able to move forward a little bit. But, get um, some use for them. Yeah. Yeah. But was, yeah, I had the same thing happen to yeah. me. So I can empathize. Yeah. A lot, a lot, a lot of, uh, there were a lot of people crying after that game. Yeah. That was rough. I think we should touch base on that real quick before we wrap up in terms of, you know, what we felt. Um, you know, for me, I think my, my love for the Falcons goes back again, once again, my parents were making me watch Falcons games, but especially with me and my, uh, my dad, you know, that was a sort of a really big, uh, bonding moment for us was watching Falcons games together, uh, particularly, uh, the return of Mike Vick from his, uh, ACL injury against the Panthers when he ran for like 150 yards or whatever it was. Uh, that was a real bonding moment right. for us. So we had we had you know real talk when I was like twelve years old, which was kind of weird. But um, 
you know, we we love. Mike Vick was huge for the city. He was huge for the city, regardless of what he did. Yep. Um, but you know, the thing I love about Atlanta sports is that, and because it, it just brings people together. Like my family felt closer because we had this common love for Atlanta sports that we yeah. watch all the time. You know, our friendship. Not as totally built on Atlanta sports, but we spent a hell of a lot of time talking. Seventy-five percent of our conversation is, is Atlanta about Atlanta sports. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, you know, many a days going to get some drinks, watch the Hawks game, right? What have you? Yeah, we would. You know, when we were like fifteen, we'd order a mellow mushroom pizza on Friday nights and watch the Mama. watch the Hawks game. Oh yeah, on packs, on packs. Yeah, and um, watching Falcons games, going to Braves games, going to Falcons games. We had season tickets that one year. Yep. You know, it's it, good year. Yeah, and it was. Uh, you know, it's that's the thing that I love about sports is how it brings people together. There's some commonality there that you can really rally behind and. Yep. It's the love you have for the, the seems superficial, but there's more to it. Yeah, and that's the thing too. It's like the game itself is is fine, yeah. but it's really the connections you make through the yeah. game, and so that's why uh, I think we're doing this, and that's why we'll continue to do this, and that's why you know friendships and relationships are built on that shit, and that's really cool. Pretty sweet. Pretty sweet. Um, but anyways, I think that wraps up our uh, first episode of Atlanta's Zone. So thank you for listening and we'll be back next week with a uh, hopefully more put together episode than this one. It's going to be fun editing this shit. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, we don't have any sort of contact info yet. Well, so. we do. You can follow us on Twitter, right? Adam, what's your... What's your tell, tell, <laughs> the, tell the good folks where they, uh, they can follow you on I Twitter. It's like A.W. Kalal. Uh, I've got like 17 tweets over eight years. So... <laughs> Yeah. Try to find me there. Yeah, I'm at. Uh, I tweet a little more regularly. Uh, I'm at Twisted Floyd, T W I S T E D Floyd, like Twisted Metal the game and Pink Floyd the band combined. Um, that's my Twitter handle. We'll probably put up some social media stuff for this show eventually. In case you couldn't tell, Graham is very white. I am a very white person. Um, but anyways, thanks for listening, and uh, we will see you all next week. Hospitalmanship. Hospitalmanship.